Welcome to church. Come on, God is so good. What an honor it is to be sharing the word of God with you this morning. My name is Liz Marthurber. I'm the worship pastor here at Passion and Life Church for those that do not know me. And I want to welcome those that are watching us online. Welcome to church. We're just excited. Oh man, what an amazing time in worship. Come on, give a hand to the worship team. I am so proud. I am so proud. My heart is just bursting with joy. Oh man, I got to worship with all of you. And this has been a dream of mine for a very long time. But I'm ready to preach this morning. I am ready to bring the word of God. I am full of joy. I am full of his word. And I can't wait to share what God has placed in my heart. Listen, I got my preaching shoes on. I call it the Jesus shoes with heels. I am so excited to share uh, about a powerful weapon that God has given to us. But before I go into that, I want to do a very short recap um, about what pastor has been preaching a uh, few of other ministers have been bringing the word because I want you to understand that God wants us to mature as Christians. So pastor brought a message, a series called Shaken. And in this series, he talked about the struggle bus. You know what I'm talking about? The struggle bus. God doesn't want us to stay in the struggle bus. He wants us to say, Jesus, take care of this bus. This, take care of the struggle. Take care of my worry. Take care of my anxiety, my complaining. And then we had Pastor Don bring a powerful message about Hannah. And how to be humble like her. How to love people humbly. And then we had Pastor Mike preach about the invisible war. We are in an invisible war, a spiritual warfare. And what a powerful message about how we have the weapons to fight against that spiritual warfare. And then last week, we had our very own Chuck Sticker bring a powerful word. Just show up. Woo! You showed up this morning. You that are watching online showed up this morning. And guess what? Jesus showed up to the woman of the well and said, I am here in your need. I see you. I know what you're going through. And I am Jesus, the Savior. And this morning, we're going to talk about a powerful weapon that God has given to us. And that weapon is worship. Come on, worship is a weapon. Worship is a weapon. And it is an honor to bring the word of God to you today. I want to thank Pastor Andrew and Don for giving me the opportunity to do this. They have been away for a couple weeks uh, on vacation. How many of you know that we need rest? Come on, our pastors need rest. And... I am excited to hear what God has placed in pastor's heart. Just get ready for next Sunday, church. Get ready because it's going to be fire. Woo! I'm so excited. So we're going to talk about a powerful weapon. Worship. And this weapon, the enemy has tried for centuries to take it away, to steal it, 
from us. Because he knows when us, you and me, understand the authority and the power behind this weapon, he knows he's in trouble. He knows he's in trouble because he knows that we can stand in the word of God. Come on, the living word of God. And he knows when we do that, when we worship, things happen. We're going to go to the scripture of Acts chapter 16, verse 25 and 26. And says, about midnight, say with me, about midnight. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came lose. Come on, let's go to God in prayer. Father God, we just thank you for the word that you have placed in my heart. God, I pray, Lord, that you use me as a vessel. Lord, empty me. Empty me. Let your words just speak your truth. Let your words just speak through me, Lord, that we can just take a hold of this mighty weapon that you have given to us. And in Jesus' name, we give you all the praise and glory. Amen and amen. Now, let's define the word worship. The definition of the word worship, to honor or show reverence for a divine being or supernatural power. Number two, to regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. Also, worship it is a compressed form of the old English term worth-ship. And it literally means to give something worth. The most relatively attribute of value, especially to a deity or God. So what is worship to us as Christians? What is worship? Let's go to Psalms chapter 29 verse 1 and 2. Honor the Lord, you heavenly beings. Honor the Lord for his glory and strength. Honor the Lord for the glory of his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. So what is worship? Our response to who God is and what he has done. Let me say that again. Worship is our response to who God is and what he has done for you and me. And in the Bible, Genesis chapter 22, verse 5, is the first time that talks about worship. So let's go into that scripture. It says, stay here with the donkey. Abraham told the servants, the boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there and then we will come right back. I love the story of Abraham and his promised child, Isaac. Abraham was a hundred years old with his wife, Sarah. She was 90 
and they had their first child, Isaac. And God spoke to Abraham. This is his promised child. God had told Abraham, I'm going to give you a generation. I'm going to bless your generation. And it's going to come forth. And Abraham didn't understand at that moment. He's like, but Sarah and I do not have a child. And God said, I'm going to bless you with a child. Then God said later, I want you to offer Isaac as a sacrifice of worship to me. I can't imagine that moment when Abraham heard the Lord say this to him. I want you to give me back what I've given to you. But Abraham did not argue with Jesus, with God. He did not argue with God. He said, okay. And he grabbed his son. And there they go with their servants. And they prepare an altar. And they prepare this altar and there is Isaac. And when Abraham is about to sacrifice his son, his only son of Sarah, he hears a loud noise of an angel. Say, stop. Stop what you're doing. Your obedience. God sees it. God sees your sacrifice. He sees that you are offering to God something that is very costly to you. But stop. And immediately the Lord provided a ram. Immediately Abraham saw the sacrifice that he needed to offer God. He needed to offer worship to God. And in that moment, he named that place Yahweh Jarrah, which means God will provide. Listen, there's something that you may be going through right now. That God is saying, I need you to give it to me. It's just like that image of the little girl with that small little teddy bear. You know what I'm talking about? And then there is Jesus just saying, give that to me. And in the back of his hand, he has a very big teddy bear, very fluffy, little, beautiful teddy bear. And God is saying, give that to me. Come on. And we're like, no, no, I'm going to keep this one because I love it because it's fluffy and it's so cute. And God is saying, but I have more for you. I have more for you. It's about the obedience. It's about that obedience, that step of faith of saying, I am going to give to God what he's giving to me. I'm going to give it right back to you, Jesus. What a gift. What a blessing that you gave me a son. But if you say you give it back, I'll give it back to me. I'll give it back to you. And in that moment, he understood. Abraham understood what worship truly was. Listen, when my worship lacks it's when I forget who God is and what he's done for me. But my worship increases when I remember his goodness. When I remember what he's done for me. When I remember that I am not alone. When I remember his sacrifice. When I remember that he is good. And that he will provide. He will provide. Listen, if this morning you're feeling a little resistance, a little lack in worship, in the worship department. This is not a message of condemnation. This is a message of remembrance. I want you to remember that uh, this is a call to remember. So I want you to remember, and I want you, yes, this is a call to remember. Look what God has done. You and I were created to worship God. He put it in you. He put it in us. And I want you to remember throughout this message that you were created to worship. You and I.
Listen, I go to sports events, concerts, and different events where I feel very excited for maybe the singer. I feel very excited for um, the game. Maybe it's a Broncos game. Maybe it's my own son, Caleb's baseball game. But matter of fact, he's playing right now. So pray for him because ha, they played two games yesterday. They won and there's a tournament today. So I'm praying right after preaching. I'm going to the park and going to cheer him up. Listen, it's, it's in our DNA. It's in our DNA to lift our hands. It's our DNA to be excited. It's our DNA to clap our hands. It's our DNA. That's how God created us. Okay? We're creative beings. We're expressive beings. That's how God created us. Psalm 29, 139, verse 13, 14. Let's read it. it says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you. Say with me, I praise you. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Listen, you and I were created to worship. You and I were created to lift our hands, to be very expressive. If we go to the games, if we go to concerts, if we go to these kind of events and we worship and raise our hands and shout and clap to things that really have nothing to do with God, how much more we should worship God when you come to church? How much more we should worship God when we go into his presence and pray? How much more when we're in the middle of a situation we should raise a hallelujah? How much more? How much more? And God is asking us to, as followers of Christ, to remember who God is, who he is. And every single blessing, every single gift, every single mercy, and the grace, compassionate things that we don't deserve is because he loves us. Listen, the enemy wants to steal your worship. He wants to steal your worship. He doesn't want you to come to church. He doesn't want you to sing. He doesn't want you to lift your hands. He doesn't want you to clap your hands. He doesn't want you to shout. You know what he wants? He wants to lie to you. He wants to spew lies to you that say, you are not enough. You're not worthy. What are you doing in church? What are you doing? What are you singing? Look what's going on in your life. Look what's going on around you. Look what's going on in your family. Why are you worshiping? Listen, if the cross proves how much we are worth to God, our worship proves how much God is worth to us. Come on, let me say that again. If the cross proves how much we are worth to God, our worship proves how much God is worth to us. So I want you to think about this. That expression of worship, that excitement of worship, when we're in his presence, when we are praying, should be absolutely in surrender. In complete surrender. God, I give you my praise. God, I lift my hands. God, I sing praises to your name. God, in my lips, there are words of worship. Words of thanksgiving. Because of who you are. But then there is that voice of the enemy. 
that continues and goes around your mind and puts those lies. I call it the noise of an annoying fly. You know what I'm talking about? If you've been too beautiful, too beautiful as a girl, you know the story. I share this story, but it's true story. <laughs> Is that annoying fly? Not the little fly. I'm talking about the big fly, the horse fly. That out of the blue, you are just nonchalant watching your show and zzzz. What is that? What is that? And then you start looking, uh oh, what is that? Zzzz. And it flies again and you're like, wow, what is that noise? And you finally spot it. Oh, it's a fly. And if you're anything like me, you run to the kitchen because that's where I have my deadliest weapon. Ladies and gentlemen, the fly swatter. Yes. Yes. This is the deadliest weapon I own. And listen, I am serious about this. As soon as I see that fly, I am just confident that I'm about to go. It's going down. Whoppa! And how you found yourself with the fly swatter and nothing. There's no fly. You just made noises just for fun, and you're so excited just for fun, and the fly is like, gotcha. Listen, I live in a three-story townhouse, so imagine myself with a fly sweater running up and down those stairs. So here I am. I'm trying to spot this fly. It's like 007. I think I'm in the secret service. I got my fly swatter in hand, and I'm like, I'm going for it. I got my kids all in it. They have their Nerf guns, water guns, the broom, their stuffies, whatever they can find a hand. And they're like, Mommy, I I'm going for it. And I'm like, okay, let's go. And then we can't find the fly. Who knows where is that? Okay. Then there I am, I'm about to fall asleep. What is that? And then I hit myself on the face because I think it's in my face. And then I take my socks off and throw in. Now it's dark and I'm thinking I just got this fly. No luck. Fall asleep next morning, grab my cup of coffee. There it is. There it is in the kitchen window. I grab my fly sweater and I'm like, I got this. And whoppa! And victory dance. The floss. Whatever it is. I'm like, I got the fly. Woo! My kids are so excited. You will never believe this, but it's a true story. And listen, as I was preparing this message, not only one, but two flies were inside my house. So I got to experience this. So I pray, Jesus, I pray that everything comes out of my mouth that I preach, I can leave it. And listen, the, the Lord wants you to remember, just like this fly swatter, he has given you a deadly weapon. 
That's the weapon of worship. He's saying, come on church. It's time for you to get your weapon of worship, your fly swatter and say, come on. I have the authority of Jesus. I'm about to squash the lies of the enemy. I'm about to squash the lies of the enemy. No more devil. You're not going to be louder because this is the time when I get louder. Come on, give a shout of praise this morning. Worship is the most selfless experience that your nature can do because it takes your eyes off of your weakness and onto God's power. Come on, let me say that again. Worship is the most selfless experience that your nature, that your being can do because it takes your eyes, listen, your eyes, off of your weakness, your situation, your sorrow, your tribulation, and unto God's power. That's when you know, God, God, that sacrifice on the cross was all worth it for me, for me. So it's time, church, oh, to take that weapon that God has given you. God has given you. Praise invades hell. And excites heaven. And excites heaven. When you take the authority of God. When you say, God, you're the God of more than enough. God, you're the God of provision. Just like Abraham. God, I know that I know that I know that my weapons are the weapons that are not earthly. Not earthly. But they come from you. Supernatural. Let's go into the word. 2 Corinthians 10.4 says, We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Listen, there is false arguments going on. False arguments in your head when you show up to church. That say, stop singing, stop shouting. Stop it. When I'm leading worship and I say, welcome to church. And I see you very excited. Yeah, Woo, let's go. Time to worship. Listen, I don't shout welcome to church to get you hyped up, to get you excited. You know what I'm doing? I am shouting welcome to church because I want you to put action to your faith. I want you to understand that it's about to, we are about to go to battle. When I stand right here with the team, we are ready to come forth and say, you got the victory. You got the victory. You got the victory. You're not alone. I am here fighting for you. I am here in the battle with you. That's we are taking ground as worship leaders. We're taking ground and saying, you are not alone, church. We are going forth for you. We're going forth for you. And there's a powerful example in the Bible in Joshua chapter 6. I love this story. It's the story of Israel taking Jericho. And let's go into the word. Joshua 6, 2 to 5 says, But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho. It's king. And all is strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. 
Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, say with me, on the seventh day. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priest blowing the horns. When you hear the priest give one long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. I love this powerful story. God speaks to Joshua and says, Joshua, I'm giving you Jericho. But it's going to look a little ridiculous. It's going to look a little different. <laughs> I want you to march around Jericho. One time for six days. Think about this. The, the, the people of Israel just walking around. He said, no. No arms. I don't want you to have uh, weapons. I don't want you to yell. I don't want you to do anything for those six days. I just want you to go around the city of Jericho. But something is going to happen on the seventh day. How many times we go around our situation and we feel like nothing is going on. And we're like, God, I'm praying. God, I am worshiping. God, I am Going to church, I am going to life groups. And you keep going around and it's day four. You go around your situation and you're like, but, but you told me, Lord. And God's saying, just keep going. I can't imagine the people of Israel getting antsy. And Joshua saying, just don't stop. Just keep going. Keep marching. Keep walking. But on the seventh day, say with me, on the seventh day. God ordained them to not only go one time, we're going to go seven times. And on the seventh time, I want you to bring the best shout, the best worship that can come out of your soul. This is what God is asking us to do, church. It is time to stop going around your problems and say, God, I don't see you. God, where are you? God, you told me this. God is saying, I am here. I am here. Be patient because on the seventh day, a miracle is about to happen. Because on the seventh day, when your faith feels that there is no more, there is no more strength. This is when I want you to rise up and shout as loud as you can. Listen, the enemy is going to get loud. But God wants you to get louder. Come on, God wants you to get louder. It's that annoying fly that is going around your mind saying you're not enough. Come on, what are you doing? Why are you serving God? That annoying fly, it's time to squash the lies of the enemy and raise a shout of praise. Come on, church, are you ready to raise a shout of praise in the middle of your situation? Come on. Worship is the weapon that cuts through the darkest of circumstances to speak to our spirit. And to remind you of God's truth and power over the appearance of your circumstance. Listen, it's time. It's time to take the word of God as living water. 
it's time to take the word of God and say I am not gonna give up God your word is truth and it's time to rise up and understand that worship is a weapon to understand that it's time Lord I am standing firm in your promises come on come on the truth of the word I'm not gonna step on it very hard <laughs> just as an illustration sometimes we need to remind ourselves of the truth of God because our minds can get so cloudy when we're in the midst of our struggle we're in the midst of that that it feels impossible God are you listening God are you there are you are you there are you even answering my prayers God I keep going around Jericho and nothing is going on and God is saying keep going keep moving because worship is a weapon of war presses through the darkness against the enemy presses through the battle belongs to the Lord we just sang that song today we just sang that song today so when I fight I fight on my knees with my hands lifted high oh God the battle belongs to you come on every single song we sing here our passionate life our songs are um, from the Word of God because we want to build up your faith we want you to be able to worship even when you don't know what to say even when you don't know what to pray we want to encourage you through song through song that God is good listen so many times I have people come to me and say but Lismar I can't carry a tune I can't sing listen you were created to worship you were wonderfully and uh, made by God through his ministry to, to his image to praise him to praise him and when we come together there is something powerful when we gather together as a church to worship God the walls fall down the walls those noises of the enemy fall down those strongholds fall down those lies those conversations of the enemy are squashed and I'm gonna give you five reasons worship is the deadliest weapon in our position come on number one worship changes your focus my mind focuses on what I can't do but worship reminds me of what God can do come on it's not by my strength it's not by my by my power but by your spirit says the Lord it's his spirit his spirit his power his authority but when I worship something happens that exchange it activates God number two worship changes your perspective Listen, worship helps you to zoom out from your circumstances to see the world and eternity as God does and as truly is. Sometimes we're so caught up, so caught up in our situation, so caught up in our circumstances, in our battles, in our personal struggles. And we're like, God, I can't see you. I don't know what to do. And God wants you to zoom out, zoom out. Let me let you see what I see let me just relinquish that control come on sometimes we want to control every single situation right that's me 
But when I surrender it to God and I say, God, you just take on, take over. Take my struggle bus right now because I'm struggling. God is saying, I will drive that bus into victory. I will drive that bus, that bus into that place where there is peace, where there is joy, where there is a place where you can worship in spirit and in truth. And God is saying to you today, it's time to change your perspective. Number three, worship changes your circumstances. Worship is not circumstantial. No. My situation may not be good. Mm -mm. But God is always good. Come on. God is always good. He is a good, good father. He is a good, good father. Is who you are. Is who you are. Is who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. He's a good, good father. Listen, and when we worship, when that comes out of your being, something happens. There is an exchange between heaven and earth. And God is saying, it's time to bring worship to my name. I remember a December 20th, 2015. It was a very early in the morning, around 6 a.m. And I see this nurse rushing in into my room. At this time, I was in bed rest. Luke, my youngest son, was 25 weeks gestation. And I remember as the nurses coming in and saying, you are in labor and we have to rush you into the emergency room to have an emergency C-session. And I'm like, what? And as this is happening, all the doctors, all the nurses are rushing in into this room. I remember as they're about to put the epidural, I'm literally holding the nurse's hands and just tears are going down through my cheeks. Lord, my promised child, 25 weeks, the statistics are not good. The circumstance is not good, Jesus. And as I'm holding the nurse's hand, what is rising up from my soul is songs of worship. And I started to sing. And I started to sing this hymn that says, What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Sing with me. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No. Out I know nothing but the blood of Jesus. And tears came coming down. And as they lay me back, and I remember that moment so vividly. 
And as they lay me back, there's a curtain, right? And all I hear is the noises, all the beeps of the uh, machines and everything. They're getting ready of the unknown. A 25-week gestation. All I could do is worship. All that can come out of my mouth is praises to his name. All that went out of my mouth was, God, you are faithful. God, you are good. God, I don't know what the outcome is going to be. God, I have no idea. He's 25 weeks gestation. I don't know, but you know. That promised child. Listen, I know what it means to worship in the middle of the struggle. I know what it means to worship when you don't have words to say. And I'm preaching to you in a place where I understand. So I stand here with you. I understand what it means to have a failed marriage. I understand what it means to lose a child. I understand what it means when a family member dies. I understand. When you have nothing else left. That there is nothing else to say. But there is that moment when you're right there, when you've been preached about this goodness of God, when you've been hearing, when you've been reading the word, and that moment comes and nothing else comes out of your mouth but worship. Nothing else comes out of your mouth but praise. Nothing else comes out of your mouth but saying, God, you are good. And I remember as I continued to sing, Nate is right next to me. He's crying. He's overwhelmed with emotion. We don't know what's going to happen. I hold his hand and I say, honey, this child is going to be okay. Because it's in the arms of God. I know that my Redeemer lives. And whatever comes our way, he will equip us. He will equip us. We are not alone. And I continue to praise. And I continue to worship. Let's, it's time to press in. In your situation. Even with tears. Even when you don't know what else to say. Psalm 34, 8 says. Taste and see. That the Lord is good. All the joys of those who take refuge in him. Romans 8, 28 says, we know that all things, say with me, all things, work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. You are called. You are called for a purpose. You are called for a purpose. And it's time for you to hang on and say, Lord, with this weapon of worship, my circumstance is changing. My circumstance is changing because you are in the midst of it. Because you are good. Number four, worship changes your enemy's position. Hmm, I love this story in Second Chronicles 2021. 20, and let's go there. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. At the very moment, they began to sing and give praise to the Lord because the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves wow i love this powerful story of the old testament 
And this is where the king Jehoshaphat hears a word that they're being surrounded by armies. And he surrenders. He goes in prayer to God and says, God, what must I do? God, what is it that I need to do in this moment? Because I have no clue what's going on. But God said to him, this is what I want you to, to do for Jerusalem and for Judah. I want you to send the worshipers ahead. And he did. And what happens next is so powerful. This is what I understand and this is what I know. This is what I believe. How powerful worship is. As the priests and worshipers go ahead in front of the war, they start singing. They start shouting. The horns are going. Come on, the worship leaders are there. The drummer, the bass player, the guitar player, the keyboard player. Come on, they start worshiping. And the Bible says they got confused. The army that was against them, they got confused. They got so confused that they started fighting each other. What? That's how powerful your worship is. That confuses the lies of the enemy. That says, devil, you have no authority. Devil, you have no ground because God is good. He has given you victory. Come on, we have to believe it this morning. We have to understand it this morning. So when we open our mouth and worship, we understand that we're worshiping God from a place of victory. From a place of victory. He's already won. Come on, we're not about to obtain victory. We already got it. Now, number five, worship changes those around you. And I love this story. And this is the, uh, the, the passage we read first at the beginning of the message. Let's go there. Acts chapter 16, verse 25 and 26. And says, around midnight, say with me, around midnight. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Say with me, listening. Very important. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Wow. In this story, before this happens, Paul and Silas were ministering, were missionaries. They were preaching the gospel. And then they were detained and beaten and thrown in prison. And it was about midnight, the darkest hour, the darkest time. And I can't imagine Paul and Silas having this conversation. They're hurting. They're shackled. Their feet, they can't move. It's dark. There's no light. And I imagine... Paul saying to Silas, Silas, what's up, Paul? Are you, hey, are you okay? I'm okay. A little sore. Okay. 
hey, do you, do you want to pray? Yeah, let's pray. And I remember, I just can't imagine them just praying. And then Paul saying, Silas. Yes. What's up, Paul? Do you want to sing? What? Listen, Paul, it's dark. I can't see you. Why are we singing? Listen, let's sing. Okay. Do you remember that song we sang at Lydia's house when she got saved? Sure. Okay, let's sing that. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Come on, sing with me. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Jesus, to break, to break every chain, to break every chain, to break every chain. Listen, he wants to break every single chain. All those things that you've been carrying around, that you are in the dark, that you're saying, I am alone, I am weary, I, I am thirsty, I am hungry. God is saying, listen, I am about to do a miracle. Start shouting, start praising, start praying, start singing. And the Bible says that around midnight, say with me, around midnight, there was an earthquake so strong that their chains fell off. And every prisoner's chain fell off. And he says that all the cell uh, doors were wide open. Wide open. Listen, it's time for you to know that in the midst of the darkest hour, in the midst of the darkest hour at midnight, 1201 is morning. Did you know that? 1201 is morning. God is saying, I want you to stop staring at the clock that says midnight, 12 o'clock. I want you to look at the clock and say, morning is about to happen. 12 o'clock is about to happen. My miracle is about to happen. My joy is about to come. Come on. My answer is about to come. And let's go into the scripture. We're going to end with this. Chapter 16, verse 27 and 30. The, ye the yeller, yeller, woke up. I don't have an accent. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. And when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to 
be saved. Listen, there is people that are watching you that are saying, how are you going to handle the situation that you're going through? They're going to see that you are worshiping. They're going to see that you're going to church. They're going to see that you're going to life groups. And they're going to see that faith is what's going to make me free. It's what's going to set me free because it's by our testimony. Our testimony, what God has done in your life. When you say, Lord, this time is really dark. This situation is really dark. It looks like midnight right now. But Lord, I know. I know that morning is coming. I know that a miracle is coming. And that these chains are about to break. Listen, you can either let your chains break your praise. Or you can let your praise break your chains. Come on, there's a choice this morning. There is your choice. Come on, it's either you let your chains break your praise. Or let your praise break your chains. Come on, give a shout of praise this morning. Woo! Yes, Lord. And as I close, as I close, this is a testimony that this jailer saw in Paul and Silas. He wanted to know more about this Jesus that they were preaching around. That they were willing to go to jail. That they were willing to get beaten up. He wanted to know more. And the Bible continues in the story that him and his house, his family, they all got baptized. Come on, there is something powerful. When we surrender our lives to the Lord, our life is a testimony. And it speaks loud. It speaks loud. Come on, it's time for us to, to shout loud, to speak loud, to say, enemy, you have no authority. Enemy, you have no control over my life. I choose to worship God. I choose to get my weapon of praise. I choose to say, you are good. You must use worship as a weapon, especially in your most challenging seasons. Because it changes your focus. It changes your perspective. It changes your circumstance. Drives Satan away. And it changes those around you. Come on, if that's you, you're saying, Lord... I have been away from you. I have, I have stopped going to church. I have stopped worshiping. I've stopped believing. I've stopped having hope. If that's you, I want every eye closed and every head bowed. And I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If you don't have anything else to say but Jesus, I want you to say his name this morning. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right there where you are and make that commitment with Jesus and say, Jesus, here I am. I choose you. I choose you. Now let's pray together with those that have lift their hands. I surrender and repeat with me, dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me to give me salvation and freedom. Thank you for a life full of blessings when I choose you. And I choose you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give a shout of praise for those. Come on.
that made the greatest decision 